boy, the only time I usually close something out is at the end of the show where we leave you with one more look at every touchdown from every game presented by Amazon Prime. Seven hours of commercial-free football. Start now. Kind of. Welcome back to the Wild Business Growth Podcast. This is your place to hear from a new entrepreneur every single Wednesday morning who's turning wild ideas into wild growth. I'm your host, Max Brandstetter, founder and podcast producer at Max Podcasting. And you can email me at max at maxpodcasting.com to save time with your high-quality podcast. This is episode 170, and today's guest is is the one and only Scott Hansen. He is the host of NFL Red Zone, the best show on television. And he uses his incredibly unique mix of skills, talents, uh, karaoke set, well, maybe not that, but uh, mix of unique abilities to host seven hours of commercial-free football on NFL Red Zone every Sunday during the NFL season. In this interview, we talk how Scott got the role of Red Zone in the first place, how he keeps his amazing charisma and energy and focus and actually holds his bladder the whole time. That's kind of another story, but that's also part of that story. And some of the things that Scott and the amazing Red Zone team do behind the scenes to make this beautiful production possible. It is Scott Hansen. Welcome to The Witching Hour. Enjoy the show. Alrighty, we are here with my favorite TV character. I think that's your official <laughs> name. Scott Hansen, the man from NFL Red Zone. Best show on TV, best TV host on TV. Just pretty much coolest thing in the world. Uh, that's your official title as well. But Scott, really, really appreciate you making time today. Thanks for joining. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Max. Good to be with you. I don't believe I've ever been introduced as someone's favorite TV character, which yeah. which evokes evokes all kinds of images from anything from gosh Tom and Jerry to Urkel to you know wh- whoever. But I'm I am <laughs> pleased and and grateful to be your favorite TV character. Well, we we got Tom Jerry. Steve Urkel and Scott Hansen. That's basically the Mount Rushmore TV characters. So here we are. That's what I kind of think. I'm yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Very cool. So we're gonna get into the Red Zone story, of course. But before that, I'd love to start off by asking, how many handwritten letters did you write to Coach Mack at Syracuse? <laughs> okay, that is a random question. I was a walk-on on the Syracuse football team. I was a good player in high school. You know all conference and whatever and captain of the team but my college prospects were more like division three college football but I knew I wanted to go to Syracuse to study sports broadcasting which has the best sports broadcasting program in the nation and I was like I still got this passion to play football and if I could try and walk on the team I want to do it so they had never heard of me and they certainly weren't recruiting me so I wrote coach Mack a letter saying hey you know here's my height, weight, speed, uh, uh, you know, my, my accolades, here's, you know, what I'm about and everything. I'd love to come and walk on. Didn't hear anything back. So I wrote another letter, you know, I was following up coach Mack. Hey, this is obviously way before email or whatever, wrote another letter. And I ended up writing 
I don't know, it had to be about six letters. And I kept thinking, oh, I'm not getting blown off. I must have the wrong zip code or I must have, you know, whatever. It's certainly <laughs> he's not interested. It's some other reason. And the perseverance paid off because I was told, I don't know, a year or two later that after Mac had all these letters, you probably getting frustrated, keep on getting them, right? Uh, he came into a coach's meeting in the summer before my freshman year with this stack of like six letters and tossed him at one of his assistant coaches and said, okay, you contact this. There's this random kid from Michigan who wants to walk on here and <laughs> you contact him. And I got a, a four day tryout. And this was back when freshmen used to report to camp before the upperclassmen did. And I got a four day tryout and the four day tryout went well. And I ended up staying for four years, playing for four years at uh, Syracuse, went four and oh in bowl games and finished uh, fifth in the country our senior year. And it was a it was a heck of a run. Yeah, I loved it. And managed to avoid an NCAA restraining order in the process. <laughs> I love I love your relentless effort of writing letters. And in addition to that letter writing effort, was there anything else in your upbringing that maybe foreshadowed what you're doing today? Yeah, uh, I'm probably a few things. One story, I, I don't tell all that often, but I'll tell it to you here. When I was a kid, I found myself being able to be engrossed in television. Now, I know a lot of kids, right? You're watching your favorite cartoon, you're whatever, and, and kids get, you know, pretty much absorbed into TV, right? They can watch these days, Thomas the Choo Choo Train or whatever, a hundred times the same episode and it, and it, you know, doesn't ever get old. When I was a kid, when I would watch something on TV, particularly a sports event, I would get so engrossed in it. I could immerse myself in the game through the television so much that my mom would call me for lunch or dinner or whatever from the kitchen, right? 20 feet away. She'd be like, Scott, you know, dinner's ready. Come on. And I wouldn't respond. And she'd say, Scott, dinner's ready. Let's go. The family's sitting down. And I wouldn't respond. And she would get super angry at me to the point where it happened so often. She took me to a doctor, an ear doctor, to have my hearing tested. She oh thought my, my hearing was, was wrong. And it, it ended, my hearing was, ended up being perfect after the test. It was, I was so engrossed, I couldn't hear anything. I could block out everything else in the room, which is back then it wasn't, it was detrimental to my uh, upbringing because my mom would get pretty salty at me at times <laughs> and rightly so. But I think that type of an ability helps me to host NFL Red Zone because that's what I have to do. I need to be engrossed in seven, eight, nine games simultaneously and be able to focus on that and block out any other stimulus to be able to, to process and articulate what's going on in Atlanta and Seattle and Dallas and Green Bay simultaneously. So yeah, that, that was one thing that uh, not a lot of people know that story, but, but it's a true story. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing it. it your focus is laser-like, and I think, I don't know if there's a focus category in Madden ratings, but your rating would be 99 and, and, and focus. <laughs> and uh, and uh, your mom probably thinks hearing would be four or five, but we'll, we'll give it to you. <laughs> but, yeah. Let's get to red zone. I, we're going to talk about eight game. No, I'm just kidding. But we are going to talk about 
how you got to Red Zone in the first place. I know you were working at NFL Network already, but how did it progress from hearing about this concept of Red Zone to you actually becoming the guy? Yeah, so it was the summer, probably spring and then summer of 2009. I was a roving reporter for NFL Network at the time. They would fly me to a game or a practice and I would do reports like you see on television from our our excellent staff of reporters today. Uh, But I had heard this rumor in in the company that we were going to start up this thing, NFL Red Zone, and it was going to be every touchdown from every game, seven hours, no commercials, uh, all the best parts of every game. And I was like, I would love to do that. So I called up the talent coordinator at the time, a guy named Jamie Heeman. And I called up Jamie and I said, Jamie, is the rumor that I hear true that we're starting this thing called NFL Red Zone? He's like, yeah, it's true. I said, who you got to host it? And he goes, well, we're looking at a few different people. And I said, is my name on the list? And he goes, yeah, your name is on the list. He was being a little coy, I think. At the (laughs) time, uh, from my couple of years, two seasons, basically, of being a roving reporter, they had learned, you know, my passion for the game. I think my knowledge of the game. You're telling me you have passion for football. You you know what? I I am growing in my my love for football. I'm not where (laughs) I'm not where I am, where I will be. But by the grace of God, I'm not where I once was. It grows <laughs> each and every week. No, so yeah, they they knew they knew the skill set that I had, and they did auditions for a handful of would be hosts, and I came in for the audition as well. A typical TV audition is 10, 15 minutes long. They jump you up on set and want to see how you look, how you sound. The NFL Red Zone audition, because stamina is part of the requirements of the gig. The NFL Red Zone audition was five hours long. And I went in there and I did the best I could. They basically queued up a bunch of games. This was like in June, right? So there's no games going on. So they took a random week from the season before, queued up like eight games to the kickoff, pressed play on eight machines simultaneously, and showed them all to me in a wall of monitors and said, talk. (laughs) And we went on from (laughs) Five hours that way. And I didn't know if I had ruined my career or if I had landed the role or anything in between. But a couple few weeks later, I get a call from Eric Weinberger, who was then the executive producer of NFL Network. And he offered me the hosting role. And the, the rest, as they say, is history. I was I was thrilled to get it. And I told him, I told him, I said, Eric, I'm going to tear the cover off the ball on this one. I mixed a sports metaphor there, but, but I told him, I'm like, I'm going to rip the cover off the ball. I, I am like, literally, I remember thinking like that old story of Tom Brady telling Bob Kraft, I'm the best decision this franchise has ever made. You know, I, I wouldn't go that far. And I'm not saying I'm Tom Brady. However, I had that level of confidence that with what I knew about myself, with what I knew that this show was going to was going to attempt to do and with what our team was trying to put together that this would change the way people watch football and it has proven to do just that you're the goat of sorts we'll give it to you those who are red zone fans i think we'll crown you right there with tom brady but so you got the job let's talk about what it's like in the day-to-day or week-to-week which used to be 16 weeks in the regular season now it's up to 17 weeks so talk about endurance now you got a whole 
other level of it, but ah, but eighteen weeks, eighteen. Oh my God, my my math was way wrong. No, I mean you're 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 correct. Obviously, we played sixteen <laughs> games. You're right. Now we play seventeen, but everybody gets a buy. NFL Red Zone does not take a buy, so we roll eighteen weeks this year. Yep. Oh my God, absolutely. It's going to be nineteen twenty before you know it. But what's it look like when you're in the studio? On game day, obviously, you're going for seven hours straight. We'll kind of get to kind of what that means for your body and a little teaser there for a rapid fire question. But what does it look like? I mean, are you literally looking at eight screens? You know, who's in the studio? Can you just give a little peel behind the scenes there? The basic setup is this. There are only five live human beings that are in the studio. Esther, our stage manager, who, you know, gives me the three, two, one, go, that type of thing. Scott, our cameraman, another Scott, our uh, camera operator. And then my left and right hand men are Tim Galanians and Brian Larravee. And they sit immediately to my right side, just a foot away. And they're on computers in case there's any stat, fact, pronunciation, player identification, Uh, something that I don't know off the top of my head, they can get me that information immediately or within seconds of it happening. And then we all, the the three of us, Tim, Brian, and myself, we sit or stand. I like to stand because I have a lot of kinetic energy. I like to rock back and forth uh, in front of just about three feet away from a wall of monitors, a bunch of, I don't know, they're like 60, 60 inch screens. And those screens can be divided into fours And so if we have whatever, seven, eight, nine games in the early window, we put them all on right there. And then I can see what the, I have a separate monitor to see what the audience at home is seeing. And then I have another screen that shows me the scoreboard constantly. When we put up that scoreboard every once in a while, I have a constant feed of that, which helps me keep track of obviously score, quarter, time, field position, who has possession of the ball, just things that I need to keep cataloged in my mind because all of those things change constantly. And when going to Atlanta might be the best choice at the time, all of a sudden something could happen. And no, no, we got to get to the Dolphins game right now. Or, hey, did you guys see what happened in Chicago? We got to show that. And it constantly changes. So it's it's exactly that. Seven hours of ad lib football extravaganza. It's a beautiful creation just such a beautiful thing for any football fan almost brings a tear to my eye but what is it what's kind of like the quick insider aha moment that something screams at you from the tv saying hey you guys gotta flip to this next ah you know any big play i mean the the show's called nfl red zone of course so we do kind of start with the orientation of anyone inside the 20 yard line. We're going to try and get you that action. But if a game is whatever, last week, uh, the Patriots were blowing out the Browns, right? So it was like, oh, I got I got to cut you off there, Scott, only because I'm a big Browns fan, but you well, can keep going with the example. I just, like I said, when the, the Browns, still when the Browns destroyed the Patriots and stayed undefeated <laughs> on the season, uh, Much better. Don't shoot the messenger would be my message to all of your fans. <laughs> if you have a bad fantasy player or you made a bad wager or your favorite team is getting destroyed, it's not Uncle Scott's fault. I'm just bringing <laughs> you the mail. I didn't write it. You know. So anyways, like let's say a game was 35 to 7 and then that game is in the red zone. We're not necessarily going to cut to that right away because we we got a game that is, you know, 21-17 in the fourth quarter and they might be on the 30-yard line, but that's more drama because that team could 
flip the score with a, with a touchdown or whatever. So, uh, you know, field position, of course, and then any big play, if we see something flash for 40, 50, 60 yards, we're like, hey, hey, did you see that? Whoever made the catch or that run. And let's let's get it. Let's get it out to the audience right away. And so, yeah, it's basically a value based decision making process that changes moment by moment, second by second. Anything can change where, oh, yeah, Dallas is the place to go. Oh, oh no, now all of a sudden, no, New England is the place to go. Um, it's fun. It's fun. Somebody described it, not me, but somebody described it as uh, NFL Red Zone is like watching with God and he's holding the remote control. <laughs> now I think I might be a little overstating it. It might even be a little blasphemous, but, um, but, but I, I do get it that people feel that way when they watch it, because it always feels like, Hey, we're hitting the right things. And wow, before Twitter can even update something, we're showing you the 50 yard touchdown. If you're a football fan in any sense, I think once you try red zone, even once it's like, Oh my God. Okay. This is what we have to watch first and foremost. Yeah. And everything else comes second. You obviously have tons of energy and, and passion for the job, and I think part of your charisma is what attracts people to to Red Zone and and you and your, your role so much. And what would you say is the most difficult part of the job? Hmm, keeping everything straight in your head. Uh, I I'm a pretty organized person. My friends say I'm extremely organized. Maybe you know compulsively so. But <laughs> I, I would hope so with your job that there's some yeah, organization. Yeah. No, but I mean, even like, you know, my pantry is organized to the point where if I was on vacation, you could go inside my house, call me on my phone and I could tell you, yeah, on the third shelf down, <laughs> second jar in is the, 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 like crazy organization. Right. But, but staying organized and then player identification can be tough, especially at this point of the season, more than halfway through the year when injuries have started to take their toll. And we've seen guys that have been on the practice squad all year long, whose name I have not said, not only this season, but maybe they're making their NFL debut and all of a sudden they catch a, a pass into the red zone and I'm calling it live. I might not know who number 86 is for thus and such a team. I do my best on it, but Different than the play-by-play -play guy, if Joe Buck is calling the Green Bay-Detroit game, he's studied two rosters, right? Well, I've got 11, 12 games this weekend, and I try and study the rosters, but I'm not going to get every player down. And that's where Tim and Brian saved my bacon more times than not, because they can, they can quickly hit a search on who's number 86 for you know the Green Bay Packers and get it to me even while I'm talking live to the audience on the air. So I would say that thing, that that's probably the toughest thing is player identification and uh, keeping everything straight in my mind as we roll through. Yeah. It's literally thousands of players in it. Yeah. Your team makes you look really good because it seems like you just memorize everything. So it seems like you're even more of an encyclopedia than you even are. <laughs> <laughs> They're awesome. They're best, best crew in TV, sports TV for sure. All right, let's wrap up with a special edition of Red Zone Rapid Fire, which might I might be sued, but no, a special edition of Red Zone Rapid Fire Q&A. You ready for it? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's get wild. Let's get to the witching hour of Rapid Fire. I'm just going to steal all your names, <laughs> but <laughs> what's the secret to holding your pee in for so long? Dehydration and the willpower of a ninja. 
<laughs> see kids stay dehydrated no i'm just kidding no it, it's incredible you and i think uh mel kuyper have taken the reins of, of that little fun fact my <laughs> that, fantasy team name is the iron bladders <laughs> fantastic i bet you're uh undefeated and probably crushing the browns 35 to 7 anyway <laughs> what do you do in the off season Ooh, uh catch up on commercials and <laughs> And I like in the summer when the players are on vacation, I like to take an international trip in, in non-pandemic years. I like to take pick a new country I've never been to, take a couple of weeks, and I'll go serve. Uh, I'm a Christian, and my Christian faith is very important to me, so I'll, I'll partner up with a Christian ministry that has inroads in some foreign country and say, hey, I'll, I'll come to Haiti, I'll go to, to India, I'll go to... Uh, Brazil and the Amazon jungle and come and serve and meet people's needs. And then I take a second week and I go just tour and, and have a little vacation, explore a new culture that I don't know anything about. I really got bit by those two bugs, serving and touring the world and learning. And I love that my career allows me to do that in the off season. It's, it's special. And uh, shout out my dad, Greg, for giving me the idea for that question. It's too clever from too clever for my own good, but he's a big <laughs> Red go. Zone fan as well. You are one of the select few people who who has turned into Simpsons lore from being featured on The Simpsons. What's your favorite takeaway from the whole Simpsons experience? It was a pinch me moment when Matt Selman, the executive producer, hit me up and he said, hey, it's not official yet, but we've written a part for you in The Simpsons. I could not believe that it was actually happening. I mean, The Simpsons was my favorite show in high school and college, never missed an episode. And the first thing I did before I even told any of my family members, I hit up my college roommate because it was his favorite show. And we would always watch and quote The Simpsons and laugh about it and whatnot. I'm like, dude, what life am I living? I'm going to be on The Simpsons. So just the finding out that it was going to happen was absolutely don't wake me. This is a dream I don't want to wake up from. There you have it. Straight from the mouth of NFL Red Zone and NFL Punt Zone. Scott, Thank you so much. This is really, really special. This is a pinch me moment just talking to you because <laughs> my, nah, my, nah. my fiance, Dana, and I, we watch you every single Sunday. And it just, when the Browns are doing well or not doing well, it makes a Sunday that much better. <laughs> very, very, very special. Where, where's the best place to, one, obviously watch you, and two, uh, if there's any like social media or anything you want to shout out? Well, if, if there is someone who maybe just moved to the United States and has never heard of NFL Red Zone and would like to now check out the channel that has changed the way people watch football, you can go to nfl.com slash red zone and uh, learn more about how you can get it on your TV. And then for me individually, I do have a couple of social media accounts on Twitter at Scott Hansen. And then on Instagram at Scott Hansen one, and both of the accounts are verified. Don't let the non-verified accounts fool you. There are there are some fake ones out there for me. I don't know why, but people find joy in doing that, evidently. <laughs> yeah, watch out for the uh, hot Scanson accounts out there. Exactly. You got you to keep your eyes peeled. But exactly. Thanks again, Scott. Last thing, final thoughts. Uh, whatever you want, share a line or a quote. Take us home here. Oh, wow. Boy, the only time I usually close something out is at the end of the show where we leave you with one more look at every touchdown from every game presented by Amazon Prime. But we don't have that video to roll right now, Max. So I'll just say all the best to you and the podcast going forward and enjoy the rest of the season. 
Thank you, Scott. Maybe the coolest guy in the world. The coolest TV character in the world. I mean, Red Zone and Simpsons. And in Red Zone on the Simpsons. Thank you, Scott, for sharing your incredible Red Zone story and beyond. And thank you, wild listeners, for tuning in to another episode. If you want to hear more wild stories like this one, make sure to follow the Wild Business Growth Podcast on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend about the podcast. You can also find us on Good Pods, where you can check out some pretty good pods. And for any help with podcast production, you can learn more at maxpodcasting.com. Until next time, let your business run wild. Bring on the bongos! Bongos!